Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And we're in the thick of it now. We're into December and there's loads and loads of matches. There's midweek matches coming up and now's the time when all the managers start kicking off. Do you think the festive period, there's too many matches, Dad? Well, I think it's just too many matches all the time at the moment. They seem to be playing. If you're in the European Cup, you don't get any rest at all. And if you're in the lower leagues, you don't get any rest at all. So just got to get on with it, really. I think the uh, we've had the debate about the subs. They've all got decent-sized squads these days. So, yeah, just get on with it. So the main reason there's loads of matches over Christmas, surely for money, right? Well, it would be if there's fans involved. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, it's always for money, isn't it? Yeah, and um, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the fans getting involved and whether that's having much of an impact. So, yeah, we're going to round up the top four English divisions and we're going to have some rants and raves and some barnets of the week in between all that. Uh, so I'm going to start off by rounding up the Premier League over the weekend. Big result for Everton against Chelsea, 1-0. Um, that's Chelsea's second defeat, only their second defeat of the season. And 2,000 fans were at Goodison and it seemed, definitely watching it, you definitely seemed to, that they had a bit of an impact. Um, even though it's 2,000, it's almost because there's less people, there's more of an echo and you could tell that the players really, really fed off that. And despite only having 28% possession, Everton still managed to win and just were very, very determined in defence and just proved a bit of a brick wall really for Chelsea who just didn't seem to look ever like they were going to score. Um, obviously, it was a penalty that got the goal converted by Sigurdsson. Um, Chelsea probably looked like they missed Pulisic and Ziyech as well. But like I said, only a second defeat of the season. So a lot of people just saying, kind of just brush it off and uh, not really a fixture that Chelsea fans would be too concerned about considering how well they've been playing. But yeah, really good result for Everton for that one on Saturday. Also as well, you had Newcastle versus West Brom 2-1 to Newcastle. That's the first time that Newcastle have played in more than two weeks, obviously due to COVID. And they only actually returned back to training on Tuesday. So they did great to get the result. And I think they only had a couple of players that um, couldn't play. So his team wasn't impacted too much, Steve Bruce. Took them just 25 seconds to actually take the lead with a goal from Almiron. Back-to-back wins now for Newcastle. I think that's the first time so far this season they've got back-to-back wins. Um, and that's the eighth loss now for West Brom so far this season. Kind of just typical West Brom, really. Looked pretty decent in parts. You could say they're a bit unlucky to lose, but at the same time, they did end up losing. Steve Bruce is doing a good job, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, every time he loses a couple on the bounce, they tend to want to get him out. They want uh, The Newcastle fans always want a big name, and they're always talking about that. But uh, yeah, he's doing a very good job. And Joel Linton seems to just slowly be creeping up with his form and seems to be getting a little bit better. And so that's also encouraging signs for the Newcastle fans. And then on Friday night, Leeds won West Ham 2. Oh gosh, it was a bit of a terrible penalty-taking fiasco, um, which Cleek had to score in the second attempt to get it. What do you reckon? Because obviously he came off his line and then they retook it and... Yeah, what do you think? Well, they came off his line a little bit. I mean, it wasn't massive. The, when they retook the penalty, Bamford was more or less stood next to the penalty taker, encroachment, but no apparently sense. VR doesn't do encroachment. I mean, it's just all weird, isn't it? Oh, but they do goalkeepers coming off the line? Yeah, but not encroachment. Oh, well, that's ridiculous. And there's more set-piece uh, defensive problems, really, for Leeds. I think both goals, Stephanie Bonners, I'm not sure about Suchek's, was the result of, like I said, set-pieces. West Ham have now earned 20 points from their 12 league games. They've won six, drawn two, lost four. 
and back-to-back losses for Leeds are just pretty up and down Leeds always entertaining but at the same time never seem to keep a clean sheet these days and then on Sunday it seemed to be that every Premier League result seemed to have a really impact real big impact on the table just starting off obviously with Palace Tottenham definitely Palace deserves to get a point it was 1-1 in the end and I just think finally Spurs almost once it got to 1-1 that gave them that extra kick drive to then get attacking whereas before that they didn't really seem to be attacking much but you've got to say that Goethe in goal made some unbelievable stops towards the end from Eric Dyer of the free kick just to name one so Tottenham failed to really seize on Chelsea losing obviously to Everton and then you think well Liverpool are they going to take their chance now go top of the table against Fulham And Fulham just put on a great performance, definitely deserving of the 1-1 draw. You could argue they probably deserve to take all three points um, and were unfortunate about the penalty, which Salah obviously converted in the 79th minute. But overall, really encouraging from Fulham. They've definitely got um, a, a real fight about them and a great spirit as a squad. So... Encouraging signs. Um, and again, Liverpool have just got so many injuries. Just, I think, Jota now this week, he's been announced he's not going to be out. He's going to be out until February, it looks like. So it's just one thing after another for Klopp. And then in the evening, he had Arsenal against Burnley. Well, Burnley won 1-0. Aubameyang own goal. Does that just sum up Arsenal so far this season? The fact that their main forward is scoring own goals potentially just really really worrying now for Arsenal and the Gunners fans will just be stunned by the shock defeat against obviously Premier League strugglers Burnley so now lost four straight league games at home for the first time in 61 years I really can't see Arteta staying there for the rest of the season I'll be very surprised if the board stick behind him now I think is this one result too far um yeah I just it's going to be really hard to come back from that as a result at home and the stats are just not looking good at all for Arsenal. So looking at this Premier League table, obviously Leicester also had a good result, um, but looking at the Premier League table, Tottenham stay in top 25 points, same as Liverpool, but they've got a better goal difference. Leicester now um, in third and 24 points, Southampton fourth, 23 points, Chelsea in fifth at 22 points as well. Um, and then you've got West Ham, Everton, Man U to be fair in eighth. They have got a game in hand and they're only five points off Tottenham. So United fans definitely be, I think, happy with that. And then if you look at the bottom, Arsenal on 15th on 13 points. Just five points above the drop zone where Fulham at the moment are sitting uh, in 18th. And then West Brom and then Sheffield United. So it's all very much to play for in the Premier League. So yeah, that's my roundup from the Premier League. Very good. And uh, down in the Championship, there was a couple of uh, big derby matches this weekend. First one to look at is uh, the big South Wales derby, Cardiff versus Swansea. Uh, that's always a real feisty affair, but uh, it was less feisty because uh, lack of fans. Uh, that's one of the ones that's always really, really uh, well attended and really lively. Uh, still kicked off early, actually, but even so, a bit of a quiet affair. Swansea came away with a 2 0 win. Cardiff had won four in a row, so that was a good win for Swansea. Jamal Lowe got both goals. Swansea takes them up to third and Cardiff a tenth. Ryan Bennett, they're a 
I listened to the um, report. Ryan Bennett uh, had a yellow early on, and uh, just before half time, could have got another yellow, but uh, didn't. That could have changed the whole nature of the game. But uh, there was a red card for two yellows, which was rolls from Cardiff. Uh, and from that point onwards, really, it was always going to be Swansea that won. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, Cardiff can't make their minds up what they're going to do, really. Like I said, they came off the back of a good run. They're now 10th, Swansea on the way up, third. So, interesting to see who gets the bragging rights in South Wales this year. The second um, match, Sheffield Wednesday versus Barnsley, South Yorkshire derby. All goals here in the first half. Uh, the first goal was just an early goal from Josh uh, Windass who's a son of Gene Windus, actually. Played for Rangers and Wigan. Uh, so he got an early goal, gave Sheffield Wednesday a bit of a boost, but uh, Barnsley came back uh, and won 2-1. All the goals scored in the first half. Sheffield Wednesday is still in a bit of a mess. No win since Pulis arrived. Lost four of the last five games. Barnsley won three of the last four games. Sheffield Wednesday hadn't lost to Barnsley in this fixture for 12 matches, so... Um, yeah, Barnsley had a good win, and they're up to 13th now, so we're uh, looking quite strong. And the final one, Knotts uh, Forest won Brentford 3. Forest under Hewton still struggling, really. Played some good football, but um, ended up losing 3-1 to Brentford, who uh, moved up to 6. Going for a club record, uh, five clean sheets in consecutive away matches, Brentford, and they kept it till the 92nd minute, so very nearly broke the club record, but... A goal in the 92nd minute for Forrest just broke that. It was a very even game. Actually, 50-50 was the possession. Both teams had six shots on goal. Both teams had six corners. Apparently, knockout, uh, Brighton lad played very well. Uh, but unfortunately, was sent off in the dying minutes. But uh, yeah, Forrest didn't uh, didn't get hammered. But uh, worryingly, still down the bottom there, 21st. But Brentford up to sixth. Not too uncommon for Knockart. He's always had a bit of um, reckless streak sometimes, hasn't he? Yeah, good. he played very well, though, apparently. Right, my rant this week. There's been a bit in the papers about a certain referee who hit a milestone. Um, yeah, Mike Dean reached his 3,000th Premier League card on Saturday for Wolves versus Villa and we'll come on to how many cards he gave off um gave that match but my rant is just the differing number of cards that have been handed out for the different referees like you've got the extreme of Mike Dean who kind of just went nuts on Saturday two reds a bit dodgy seven yellows so so far this season he's given out three reds and 33 yellow cards ridiculous that is an absolute joke in comparison we just watched him actually Andrew Madley for the Southampton Sheffield United match. I think he put his hand in his pocket once for yellow. Overall this season, he's had zero red cards and he's given out just eight yellows. Whereas Mike Dean's given out 33, which is ridiculous. Darren England, he also doesn't give out too many. No reds and just 10 yellows so far. And then some of the other culprits, Chris Kavanagh, not too keen on the old red. He's not given out a red yet, but he has given out 27 yellow cards. So for me, it's just like, a, I think they've got to be consistent. A, within the match, obviously, like Mike Dean, as soon as he gave one yellow for something that was a bit soft, he then obviously had to give yellows throughout the match for something that was similar, but also consistency amongst refs. Like Drekken players or, or the managers were mentioned before a match, look, we've got Mike Dean, so probably um, you can't be quite as physical as he normally would. Uh, I think it'd be a bit strange. It'd be really disappointed if they did that. I think Mike Dean. I don't know. It's um, it's almost every foul. I mean, there's fouls and then there's re- repetitive fouls yeah. or 
poor tackles, but it's even just nudges and little trips. It's just ridiculous, really. More yellows because of VAR, possibly, or just generally depends on the ref? I think just generally depends on the ref, definitely. So my uh, rave is... Rant. Rant. Oh, there you go. So my <laughs> rant is about the Manchester derby. So um, yeah. one of those occasions where you get yourself all um, wound up. You know, you're texting people, WhatsApping people, saying, hey, are you watching the big match tonight? And then it just doesn't happen. It was... Um, I think Boring. the papers called it a bore draw. Um, <laughs> and some people say, yeah, but most, both managers would be happy. And you think, would you really be happy when you've got multi-million pound teams with international stars playing out a boring 90 minutes and then they say no well yeah they'd both be quite happy with that so I just think I've made this point before but I just think you know if you've got a big thing Manchester Derby Liverpool Derby Celtic Rangers whatever uh, you know give it a go let's watch some football let's see some action and uh, not just a stalemate so that was my rant which fans do you think would generally be happier with the draw I think it's fairly split, really. Uh, I don't. Well, I think I for City be. not to score, I don't know. I think they're not looking quite as um, attacking or as a threat so much as they did last season, the last couple of years, you could say. So I don't know. I think City fans might be a little bit concerned at the the lack of chances they may be created. Yeah, maybe. League One roundup. There seem to be a lot of uh, really surprising wins, actually. Starting off with Sunderland winning four nil at Lincoln. Obviously, a great win for Sunderland, who hadn't actually won in their last five matches. So that's their first league win now under Lee Johnson. And um, obviously, versus the Lincoln side, who is second in the league, hadn't lost in four matches. So two teams in to- totally different forms. And then obviously, Sunderland ended up getting all four goals and winning the match. And it was just really clinical finishing, really. 14 shots, nine on target from Sunderland, who are now two points off the playoffs um, and Lincoln still remain in second. And then probably would have been a good opportunity for Hull to extend their lead, but they didn't. Shrewsbury won 1-0 at Hull, thanks to a 27th minute goal from Daniels. So that's Shrewsbury's first win now in 11 league games. Huge, obviously a shock win versus a Hull side who hadn't lost in their last five league games. Just 36% possession from Shrewsbury, but apparently they're their effective high press. And Hull now remain top and Shrewsbury stay in the bottom four, but they're on 14 points. So completely opposite ends of the table. And that was a a real shock of a a result there from Shrewsbury. And then lastly, I mentioned this as one of my ones to watch last week, saying it's kind of a bit of a derby. Wigan versus Accrington Stanley, and it turned to be a bit of a seven-goal thriller at the DW, and Wigan just pipped it 4-3. So it's obviously their second win on the bounce, and it takes them off the bottom of the table, but still in the bottom four. And then, obviously, against an inform Accrington Stanley, who hadn't actually lost in their previous seven matches. Quite interesting stats, obviously, it was a very open match. Wigan had 12 shots, Aki Stanley had 22 but only six of those were actually on target. And then Accrington dropped down to 10th now on 26 points. So they're still three points off the playoffs. Good back-to-back wins for Wigan, eh? Very good. Yeah, they do this, Wigan. They go on a good run. They've, they've done it, I think, every season. They find the form. When they find the form, they can't stop winning. So, yeah, some really interesting interesting results in League One. Uh, League Two start with uh, the Southwest Club, so Exeter. Uh, one of those teams always there or thereabouts, always there or thereabouts for playoffs, promotion, but never quite go up. Uh, this could be their season, of course. Yesterday they played Tramir at home. Tramir had been on a decent run. 
won three of the last uh, five matches and a li- little bit hit and miss. But Exeter, six shots on target, won 5 0. So, um, yeah, they had a brilliant win, really. The uh, scorers, Jay and Taylor, and then a chap called Ryan Bowman, a Bowman probably. He's back to back home hat tricks in the last two home matches at St James's Park. He's got a hat trick in both. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's played for Carlisle, Darlington, Hereford, York, Torquay, Gateshead, Motherwell. Uh, and of course on to uh, to Exeter but he's one of those journeymen through the lower leagues and non-league but he's getting goals I mean six goals in two home matches be interested to see whether he actually moves on from uh, Exeter or whether uh, at the age of 29 that's sort of he's found his uh, found his place but a brilliant win for Exeter up to fifth place and Tranmere 12th next one is uh, Leighton Orient and Newport Newport were top and still are top actually it's the first defeat in six matches uh, they're still three points clear, having uh, lost 2-1 at Orient. Johnson and Brophy scored. It was Johnson's 13th goal of the season. Interesting there, they talked about the crowd being uh, very lively. Newport were mourning about the crowd. So 2,000 on there must have been quite uh, quite lively. Ross Embleton, he's the manager at Orient. Been there for 10 months, permanent. And he's one of those, actually, 39 years old. When you look at his record, he never played. So uh, just gone straight into management and, yeah, a great win for Leighton Orient 2-1. And the last one, just quickly, uh, Southend 1, Scunthorpe 0. So the Shrimpers, Southend, it's the second win of the season. Again, 2,000 fans at Roots Hall and made lots of noise and Scunthorpe probably uh, uh, didn't quite uh, didn't quite get there. There was only three shots on target in the whole match oh and they were God. all for all for Southend. Asher, they'd be the 2,000 fans and the players and... Staff would have heaved a huge sigh of relief in winning a match. So brilliant for them. Still four points adrift and they're still bottom, but hey, Presto, you take that all day long. Uh, James Olayinaka scored the goal, but they've still only scored seven goals in 16 matches. So South End, great win. Finally, just a quick one from the National League. Chesterfield, six, Barnet, nil. Two ex-league teams not long ago, both in the league. Barnet now have not lo- not won since the 13th of October when they beat Weymouth 1-0. Chesterfield on a bit of a roll. They're uh, four games unbeaten. Uh, up to 15th, uh, Asante got a hat-trick. So, yeah, happy days for Chesterfield, the Spireites. Right, time for a rave. Um, I was watching the TV the other day, yesterday, and I don't think I realised this player was back in the Premier League. Admittedly, he probably didn't have the best of matches, and I'm not sure if West Brom fans will necessarily be raving about this, but I think it's really good to see the 36-year-old Serbian Chelsea legend, Branislav Ivanovic, uh, back in the Premier League. He obviously had 377 appearances for Chelsea. He was there for nine years. He won everything, I think, literally Premier League, FA Cup. I think Champions League and Europa League, so he won it all. And yeah, it's just good to see him back in the Premier League. He was, I think he had three years in Russia after his spell at Chelsea. Admittedly, he's getting on a bit, you know, 36. He's the kind of player that you can see maybe going onto the technical staff of Chelsea, maybe once he's done at West Brom or even stay on at West Brom in the um, technical staff. But yeah, it's good to see him. I'm not sure he's quite got the legs. He was um, to blame for maybe the, well, definitely for the first goal. But yeah, it was good to see him back. He's He was a traditional centre-back, wasn't he, when he played for... Not centre-back, is he wing-back? Left-back. Yeah, 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 when he played for Chelsea. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed seeing him back playing. Very good. And mine's just a quick one about Chris Wilder, actually. Just the um, 
I mean, Wilder's up against it. Sheffield United, one point from 12 games. Really, uh, it's going to be a heck of a struggle to stay up. Uh, but I like his attitude. He's always very cool whenever he's interviewed, other than that little spat with uh, Klopp. Yeah. But I think that was more about Klopp's ego than Wilder. It just seems to be quite a cool approach to the game. Level-headed. I just think we could do with a few more like him. It'd be interesting to see if they stick with him. Yeah, we're talking uh, about that Sheffield earlier, United. Uh, you could liken it a bit to Norwich, I guess, where Daniel Farquhar uh, went through the season, was kept, uh, more or less kept the same squad and they're now top of the league, three points clear. So, um, yeah, Chris Wilder it seems like a decent bloke and despite the uh, run of form, uh, hanging on in and doing a decent job at Sheffield United. It's pretty crazy how Sheffield United can have such a great season like they did last year. And I think Chris Wilder, many people thought he could have got manager of the year instead of Klopp. How can they just suddenly go from that to... Well, no win out of how many matches? 11, 12? Yeah, I think they just uh, probably, they've become a bit predictable, perhaps. It not, it doesn't seem like they've changed anything really yeah. year on year, it be it squad or style. So I think a lot of teams seem to have worked them out and they just can't seem to get going, get the points on the board. But uh, they're not dead yet. Barnet of the week. I found a great Barnet, I'm not going to lie. He's an 18-year-old, centre forward for Wolves. You've got to guess his nationality, Dad, if he plays for Wolves. Well, I can guess his nationality because I've got... Uh, have you got him? Exactly the same have person, you? yes, I have. Portuguese Fabio Silva, yes. 18 years old, as you yes, say. Yes, yes, yes. Luscious locks. Was it the curly, floppy ringlets that attracted you to his barnet? It was a centre parting and the oh, curly, yeah. floppy stuff going on. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter said that he his hair needs a dermatrier or his body oil <laughs> <laughs> to try and... Uh, I don't think it does, to be honest. You don't want to make it greasy. It looks great at the moment. Could be a good player as well, I think. He's, I mean, he's yeah. trying to fit in uh, where him Hernandez, it. which Jimenez him rather, it, which yeah. is... Almost impossible because he's such a good player. But, uh, I mean, for 18 years old, he was putting it about a bit. He was getting stuck in. Tall lad, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good, he'll be, I mean, give him three or four years. Cobb Lamy, he'd be a good player. They well, cost a fair bit, though, I think. I'm not sure, actually. 20, I'm not sure. 13 million, yeah. Oh, wow. Ones to watch. Like we said, it's the festive period, which means there's just loads of matches on at the moment. Like, literally, I think pretty much there's been midweek matches for the championship Nearly every week now for like the last month. It's a joke. Um, I'll go for my Premier League one. Very predictable. I'm hoping it's going to be more entertaining than the Man U Man City, which was my one to watch last week. Wednesday, 8pm, obviously Liverpool versus Tottenham. Two big title contenders. Liverpool have won the last five meetings in all competitions. And last season, they did the double over them. Liverpool, they won 1-0 and 2-1. Um, arguably you could say obviously now under Mourinho Spurs are looking very good um, yeah I really couldn't call that one I think it's going to be I think it'll be a tough watch for Spurs fans knowing Mourinho he'll probably set up a barricade and they'll have hardly any possession um, so yeah that'll be a really interesting one so that's my one to watch from the Premier League from the Championship a couple of interesting matches this week so Norwich the leaders go to Reading Reading have had a bit of a tough time recently they won yesterday but they're st- and they're still fifth actually but that's going to be a tough game for Norwich. But they had a tough game yesterday at Blackburn and came away 2-1 winners, so they'll certainly give it a go there. And then uh, the other one is a, become a bit of a low-table clash. Two of the ex-Premier um, League managers, Chris Houghton and Poulis, and uh, Tony Poulis, Forrest versus Sheffield Wednesday. 
Uh, neither would want a draw because they both need three points. It'll be really interesting to see out of Forest and Sheffield Wednesday who does that. And then League One, Tuesday, 7pm, you've got Blackpool, who are currently 13th, against Hull, who are first. Blackpool undefeated in three games, whilst Hull have lost and drawn uh, their last two games. So I thought that could be quite an interesting one. And then Tuesday, 7.45pm, um, Oxford versus Northampton. Oxford are only one position below them in the league, so just two points between the two of them. Um, Oxford are on a terrible run. They haven't won their last seven matches and Northampton have had back-to-back losses. So, again, it could go either way, that one. Uh, League Two, a couple of interesting matches in the West Country. So, Cheltenham versus Bolton. Bolton back on form with a win yesterday. Cheltenham, but they're always up the top. Cheltenham, same as Exeter. So, that'll be a real good test for both teams, see how they get on. And then, finally, in League Two, uh, off the back of a 5-0 win over Tranmere, Exeter host Harrogate. Harrogate have gone on a bit of a... Funny spell, actually. Lost a few games, gone down the table a little bit. But um, they'll want to try and get back on form at Exeter. But uh, with Exeter's form, you could see that being an interesting match. And finally, National League, just a quick one midweek. Notts County, Stockport, 7th against ninth. Two teams both fancied for promotion. Uh, and both ex-league teams fairly recently. So that'll be a good, uh, quite a good battle. Notts County versus Stockport in the National League. Right, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more football chants and rants with the plants. Like we said, there's so much going on at the moment. So there'll be many more Barnets and ones to watch. But yeah, definitely keep an eye on Fabio Silva and his very uh, curly, luscious locks.